Welcome back, Brady Farkas Show, right here, WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. We are just days away, Super Bowl 55, Tom Brady in it again, going up against Patrick Mahomes, and hard to believe we've gotten this far after how tumultuous the early part of the season was, the midseason, and then even into the playoffs when you look at what happened with the Browns. But we are here, and as he has been every single Friday during the season, Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, is with us now. Eric, I mean, hey, it, it's crazy that we're here, but I'm thrilled that we are. Yeah, it, it's been a weird year, right, where we didn't know, you know, with the COVID situation and all that, whether we'd be playing this game on time. But uh, it, we feel I feel it's weird. I, this entire week I've, I've, I've wrestled with disappointment over not being in Tampa to cover the game, but also being a, a, you know, obviously relieved and, and, and fortunate that uh, that we're playing this game. So I, I'm excited. I think that I think we'll see a decent one. Uh, <laughs> it's a good one on Sunday. You know, we'll get to the game, but let's talk about the Patriots real quick. Um, last week, we were talking about the idea of the Pats trading for Matthew Stafford. They don't get him. I understand part of the cost for the Rams was getting rid of Goff's contract. I understand that that inflated the price, but at what Stafford actually went for, I am thrilled the Patriots weren't even in the ballpark of those conversations. Did you think that was way too high for New England? For New England, absolutely. I mean, because the thing is, as we talked about this last time, uh, if Stafford goes to New England, he he basically has the same excuse computer that he had in Detroit, which is, you know, I'm not going to have any help, but, you know, uh, yeah, the, you, you don't have any weapons. And I think also that was a little bit overblown. I mean, when you look at Detroit, Detroit drafted two tight ends in the top 10 while yeah. he was the quarterback there. Brandon Pettigrew was a hold. Like, he was a first round pick as well. Um, you know, Golden Tate, Calvin Johnson, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola seems like a, a, a decent offensive line, seemed like fairly good circumstances for Stafford. Obviously, with coaching, that would be where New England would have the edge over his previous regimes. But there are other better options for New England. Uh, you know, honestly, I think Stafford probably props the Rams up a little bit, but a lot less than people believe. The report came out that Stafford didn't want to play in New England. He singled the Patriots out as the one place that he doesn't want to go to. And people will say, well, yeah, they're a rebuilding team. Why would he want to go there? My, my, can, my beef with that is if Stafford was here and they have still an additional $40 million in cap space, I don't think they're as big a dumpster fire as he apparently thinks they would be. Yeah. You know, I obviously I think the Patricia angle is a big deal. Um, the other one is that, you know, and, and quite frankly, you know, players who are good but not great, have struggled in New England, you know, if they're not, if they, you know, good, but not great with, with expensive pedigree have had difficult times in New England. Um, you know, uh, you know, you saw it with Albert Hainsworth, you saw it with Reggie Wayne, Joey Gallaudet, uh, Galloway, Ocho Cinco, when he played for New England, it, it's a tough environment because unlike, you know, in many places, and we're seeing it, you know, let's say in Houston, we're going to see it wherever Deshaun Watson goes, players have a ton of power, and, and that's a good thing, but Bill Belichick, maybe, and maybe Andy Reid, uh, are, you know, he's a coach that does require an amount of respect that supersedes almost every other situation that a player is going to go into, and, and that might be a difficult situation uh, for, uh, you know, a, a quarterback of Matthew Stafford's uh, esteem, so I think it's a little bit, um, I think it's a little bit, you know, the Patricia thing, but I also just think it's an intimidating, you know, uh, a place for a player who might not be as good as people think he is. I'm really worried about the Pats' ability this offseason to get weapons in. They have $60 million 
in cap space. So yeah, theoretically they can go out and bring in any, all the weapons that they want. But if they don't have a quarterback by the time free agency starts, I don't know what wide receiver or tight end is signing up to come there. Like, yeah, they can draft a quarterback, but aren't they going to need somebody established like the second free agency opens to even have a chance at getting top weapons? You'd be surprised, though. I mean, Allen Robinson picked Chicago over Green Bay a couple of years ago, you know, and then the money in Chicago wasn't necessarily all that much better. You know, the, the Patriots do have the cap space and money speaks very loudly uh, for for a lot of players, especially players who performed well on something less than a first round draft pick, um, because, again, that second contract is really the payday. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily think that I do think, though, that they have to. I mean, look, you, you if you go into next season with Jacoby Myers and, and Demir Bird is anything more than your two and three. Uh, you're you're going to be in a tough spot if you're New England, and especially if you're bringing up uh, a rookie quarterback. So they do need to probably be in the sweepstakes for a player like Garoppolo, uh, a player like Cousins, a player like Carr, um, even Jameis Winston to some degree. I, I do think that that has to be part of the calculus. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, with us here. You can check him out, pff.com. He's on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, WDEV Radio. Com. All right, moving to the Super Bowl. Um, what's the biggest matchup in this game? Is it Tampa's D-line against a maligned offensive line for KC? Is it KC's DBs against Tampa's good receivers? Where's the best matchup at this game? I think the best matchup is Levante David versus Travis Kelsey. Uh, <laughs> um, David is a very good linebacker. I think he's the good linebacker of the two. Devin White, I think, is more known for his big plays, but I think on a play-for-play -play basis, not as consistent. David, though, um, his PFF grade when covering tight ends is 42.0. His, his PFF grade when covering running backs is 91.7. There's reports that he's going to be the one covering Kelsey. I think that that makes Tampa Bay worse in two spots, um, mm -hmm. unfortunately, which, you know, Kelsey has been a player who's sort of a cheat code in the NFL. Um, so if, if Kelsey can go, you know, 10 for a buck 50 and two touchdowns, like that, to me, that just makes it extremely hard for Tampa Bay uh, to win this football game. How good is Brady on his own? You know, I guess just PFF has the ability to isolate players individually and regardless of their situations. Brady is certainly propped up or helped rather by good weapons and a defense that has been opportunistic. How good is Brady on his own? Uh, it's a great question. I think it's it's closer to what we've seen in Tampa than what we saw last year in New England. Mm. Uh, you're, you're dealing with about a yard more per pass attempt this year uh, in the regular season, uh, Tampa Bay versus New England. New England's weapons were just sort of a, on another planet as far as being poor last season. And Tampa's weapons, I think, you know, maybe not the best in the league, but one of the best in the league uh, and, and the aggressiveness uh, to boot as well. So, I think Brady is still like fundamentally a top five quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so, um, you know, how would a top five quarterback play in New England? You know, it might be underwhelming, but a top five quarterback playing in one of these sort of super offenses can obviously give you the results that you've seen this season with Brady and obviously Mahomes as well. Uh, you know, it, there's make no mistake, the teams, the two teams that are in the Super Bowl right now are maybe the two teams with the best weapons in the entire league. For Mahomes, the weather looks like it might be a bit of an issue, kind of windy there in Tampa. That would lead me to believe it's harder to pass. But the Bucs have a top-ranked rushing defense in the NFL. So what do you think Kansas City's game plan offensively is and should be? 
Yeah, that's a great uh, point. Uh, it looks like precipitation went from about 75% likely to 50%. So that's a little bit helpful. 10 mile, on per, mile per hour wind, which is, you know, existent, but not necessarily in that outlier range where it affects passing. I sort of look at it a little bit differently. I I think that obviously the mismatch where the Bucks have the biggest advantage this week is their defensive line uh, against Kansas City's banged up front five. But if 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 uh, field conditions are a little bit weaker, that hurts pass rush, actually. Uh, and so that might even be weirdly another advantage mm. that the Chiefs have, uh, you know, because right now, you know, you look at Shaq Barrett. He's led the NFL in pressures the last two years. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul is a great player. Nadama Kinsu is a top 10 player in his position in terms of wins above replacement. And Vita Vea is a is a very good nose tackle. So they're very good up front. That's where one place where the Chiefs are at a disadvantage. If weather comes in and neutralizes the trench matchup, <laughs> the Bucks might have an even harder chance than we think. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. The speed of Kansas City is certainly um, among their many great assets. How big a factor is their speed? Can Tampa counter that? You know, they have athletes on defense for sure. And, you know, Carlton Davis, you know, they, they, they trust their coverage players. You know, there's only nine players in the NFL during the regular season that allowed 750 or more passing yards into their coverage. The Bucks have three of them. The Chiefs have no one over 600, but the Chiefs are weaker pedigree in the secondary. Uh, so they funnel everything to different guys. Um, Tampa trusts the athleticism of their players. And I think for most games, it, it, they come out on top. As we saw in week 12, as we might see on Sunday, that might not be good enough against the Tampa Bay team that comes at you. I mean, we're not only talking about Hill and Kelsey. We're talking about, if healthy, Sammy Watkins, who was a top-five draft pick uh, by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, Nicole Hardman was a second-round pick. Nicole Hardman was picked ahead of DK Metcalf uh, two drafts ago and, and, and scored seven or eight touchdowns as a rookie and, and a few more this season. So Clyde Edwards-Lair, again, uh, first-round running back. I mean, they're just, they just coming at you with so many different options that, you know, if you're Tampa, anything short of earning a couple turnovers, I, I think is going it, to – it's just – it's either going to be Brady, you have to score every single possession, or uh, maybe get some noisy plays like turnovers and sack fumbles and things like that on the on the defensive side of the ball. So it sounds like you're picking the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are the side here. Um, it makes me a little nervous because, you know, the betting markets are generally pretty efficient. However, the – the public has its say in the Super Bowl. Um, a lot of money on the Chiefs, though. And I think part of the reason for that is that a lot of people, when Brady became a member of the Bucks, bought into Tampa Bay. And really, I mean, I have a, a nine to one Tampa Bay ticket, right? So mm -hmm. if Tampa wins, like I, you know, I, I get a decent payout. So I think a lot of people are in that same position. And so a lot of people are probably betting the Chiefs as a hedge uh, because we're seeing like really huge, like, you know, four to one. Uh, ticket ticket splits, uh, Kansas City. And we haven't seen the number move all that much, which means that there are some sharp people, people who the betting markets respect, betting on Tampa Bay. So that makes me a little bit nervous. Um, but ultimately, I do like Kansas City here. I think the mismatch in coaching uh, is far too big. And I think the Chiefs defense is not being talked about enough as a force in this particular matchup. You know, I did not make one bet on any NFL game this year. I was too scared that COVID was going to impact things so much. I just was like, I'm taking the whole season off. I'm very proud of myself. I did, however, get in on a prop bet pool for the Super Bowl. Now, you're a Chiefs fan. The Chiefs are wearing the red jerseys, I believe. What color headband is Mahomes going to wear with that jersey? Because I chose red, but 
I'm trying to think fashion sense. I don't know if I would have gone with white. White or yellow, maybe? I think yellow is a long shot that might might hit. Um, by the way, if you're looking for a prop bet um, that 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 I think has some value, Tampa Bay being the first team to score and that score being a field goal is four and a half to one. Okay, interesting. Uh, the the Bucks the last two times they've had the coin toss go their way, they've chosen to receive. The Chiefs have always deferred. So there's a really good chance that Tampa Bay is going to get the football first. Mm. And they're, and the Chiefs defense is very bend but don't break. The Bucks are not a go-for-it team on fourth down. There's a very good chance that that first drive will end up in a field goal attempt. Um, and and so that, that's been kind of shaping my – my prop betting this weekend is the idea that Tampa is going to be the first team with the ball. I had to write in a player I thought would score the first touchdown. I said Travis Kelsey. What did you think of that pick? I don't mind it at all. Uh, I think I think that's a very good one. Um, you know, so there is obviously some long, sh- you know, so if you think Tampa is going to score a field goal right away or get the ball first, some of the Bucks players have more value than others. Maybe somebody like Cameron Brait, the Chiefs. Third most yards given up to tight ends this year. Second fewest yards given up to wide receivers. I know Braid's dealing with an injury, um, but the tight end position for Tampa is a place I've looked this week for overs. Um, you know, and places like Mike Evans I've looked at for unders. But that you know, again, uh, that's just very specific to this matchup. So you might see, you know, if, if you don't get a first, uh, you know, field goal by Tampa, you might get like a first touchdown by somebody like Braid or Gronk. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus. You can check him out, pff.com. Eric, we appreciate you coming on every single Friday since this show has been on the air in late October. Great insight on the Patriots and around the whole league. We'll chop it up in the offseason for sure. And if anybody's interested in Pro Football Focus's offseason content leading up to the draft, reports on college football players, um, and then just looking towards transactions for the agency for next season, pff.com. Cannot recommend it enough as a resource. Eric, man, we appreciate it. Enjoy the game. Thanks for having me on, man. All season, this has been a lot of fun, and and uh, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting off season for the Patriots and for the whole league.